Hello, Timberwolves fans. This is Timberwolves Explosion. It is episode number three. Today is Tuesday, the 16th of September in the year of our Lord, 2008. And we have a great show for you today. NBA fans, it is time to have some fun and talk some basketball. First and foremost, we are available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes, and I thank all of you for downloading and listening to this wonderful show that I so greatly enjoy doing. Now, on the message boards, on thesportstuff.com, we do have a message board, that is. There is a button in the upper right-hand corner of the front page of thesportstuff.com. The button says TSS Boards. Simply click on it. You'll be prompted to sign in if you already have a membership, and if you do, great. But if not, you'll be prompted to sign up. Please do sign up and join the message boards. And when you do sign up, when it asks for a referral, type two words, Paladino Live, two separate words, Paladino Live. And no, that is not to gain money. It is just to show Dylan and others that I care about this site, so I'm referring you to the site. That's all it is. There is no money made at this point in time. Uh, I wouldn't expect to make money for referrals, more or less maybe commercials someday. But, yeah, that's a whole other issue that we'll talk about uh, oh, a billion years from now. <laughs> but, no, on the show today on Timberwolves Explosion, we are going to do the Atlantic Division Breakdown because there's no major news going on with the Wolves or the NBA as a whole. There is news, like random news here and there, but not enough to contain a whole entire show. So we are going to do breakdowns and previews for the upcoming season. So this should be a lot of fun, and we'll be getting into that very quickly. We'll talk to you on the flip side of this break. Here on thesportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Again, episode number three. The commercial you just heard was Purple Mafia. My hit show, you could call it at this point in time, as it is the first show I've ever done that eclipsed the iTunes Sports Top 100. It was a great honor about two weeks ago, and I'm hoping the new show that I made earlier today also cracks the Top 100. Of course, Farzine of Chiefs End Zone Show and Max of the Steel Pit have been in there very recently, as soon as this last week, their most recent show. So congratulations to them. TheSportsStuff.com, a growing entity. Be a part of this website. Get involved. Now, on to the breakdown. The Atlantic Division, that is the bit today. And we start off with the best team in the world, the world champion Boston Celtics in the year 2008, who finished 66-16 and 16 last year, good enough for the best record in the league. And, um, well, first and foremost, they have three free agents right now that are mm, unlikely to come back, at least in this point in time, being it is so late, and it is late in their careers, at least for the first two. P.J. Brown and Sam Cassell, still free agents. Sam Cassell most likely 
going to retire, but uh, I wouldn't blame him if he wants to come back. But I don't think I don't think anybody's going to sign him at this point. His career very much over, despite uh, oh, just two years ago he looked pretty darn good with the LA Clippers. Uh, PJ Brown, a huge factor for the Boston Celtics in the postseason, but age a factor. He is almost forty as well. Uh, the other guy is Scott Pollard. Uh, you know, a nice backup center type of guy. He's just kind of a gritty guy, like a Mark Madsen for the Timberwolves. Um, not sure what's going to happen with him yet. He is still unsigned. We shall see. Now, incoming free agents for the Boston Celtics. Darius Miles. Darius Miles. Remember that guy? The guy who, oh, the last time he played was January 2006 with a, I don't know what happened to him. I mean, some type of knee injury. I remember that. But I, I doubt it was that bad. I don't know what the heck they were doing in Portland. I really don't. I don't know if it was sometime in a squad. Well, I mean, I know he wasn't getting along with uh, Nate McMillan. And um, why you just have him sit out that long, I have no idea. I mean, he literally just sat it out, sat out the remainder of his contract. I can't imagine it was that big of an injury. Uh, the Celtics... Also have three rookies coming in. Uh, first of all, I'll say the other free agent was Patrick O'Brien. Patrick O'Brien, who uh, came in, he was the ninth pick by the Golden State Warriors in 2006, so that did not work out too good for the Warriors. He is now a member of the Boston Celtics. Go figure. We'll see if he can work out there. Maybe he'll try to replace, oh, I guess Scott Pollard, I guess. Or maybe P.J. Brown, one of those two guys. So that's probably why those guys aren't on the way back in at this point in time. Uh, now we're going to get into the rookies really quick. They are J.R. Giddens. Semih Erden, that is an interesting name. Now, he was not, he didn't play in a college. I guess he was a foreigner, obviously. Well, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and the other guy, Bill Walker from Kansas State. Uh, J.R. Giddens from New Mexico. He was the last pick in the first round. So we'll see how he works out. A 6'5 guard from New Mexico. You never know. Um, not sure whose playing time he's going to take away. I don't think he's going to take away anybody's playing time. Tony Allen, of course, injured a few year, uh, two years ago or a year and a half ago. Uh, didn't have much of a... Season last year, played in 75 games, but only was able to score 6.6 points a game, and that's because a guy by the name of Ray Allen took over, and uh, this Boston Celtics team primed and ready to go. Nobody major on the injured block right now. No injuries with the Boston Celtics that I can that I have heard of. Uh, the chemistry, I'm sure, is still dynamite in Boston. Uh, they're going to miss, though, that veteran presence of O.P.J. Oh, Brown and Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell, they probably won't miss as much as P.J. I can't imagine. Um, you got uh, Ray John Rondo, who is a year older and wiser. As uh, He is an absolute stud. I really love Ray John Rondo and what the Boston Celtics have done with him. Leon Poe was a nice guy off the bench, and uh, I, could, I could see his role increasing. Uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis, also his role will likely increase with the departure of P.J. Brown. I mean, Kevin Garnett is what he is. Eddie House. Sticking with the Boston Celtics, he was a very valuable weapon off the bench in the playoffs, uh, taking the place pretty much of Sam Cassell, pretty much eliminating Sam Cassell in the playoffs, unfortunately for him. But also, 
unfortunate for the Celtics. James Posey is gone. He has gone to the New Orleans Hornets, so I expect will be improved with the uh, services of James Posey. So that's probably the biggest loss for the Boston Celtics, other than P.J. Brown, as mentioned. Definitely a loss there. Um, I guess they're going to try to hope that Darius Miles <laughs> can somehow fill that role, the small forward position off the bench. Uh, guys like Leon Poe, mainly that's what I can see with the plans there. Other than that, call me crazy, but I would not be surprised if the Boston Celtics returned to the NBA championship circle. Once again, I would not be surprised if the Boston Celtics repeat. I do think they are the best team in the league. Still, I do see 60 wins in the future. And, of course, of course, the Boston Celtics will win the Atlantic Division. Again, I do not think the competition is nearly as strict, as strong as it needs to be to overtake the Boston Celtics. Now, on to the second-place team last year, the 500. <laughs> 41 and 41 Toronto Raptors. So, look what I'm saying. Boston Celtics clinched the division in January, pretty much. Well... The Toronto Raptors, they bring in Jermaine O'Neal in the offseason, a injury-prone Jermaine O'Neal. And uh, in that, the major uh, departure for the Toronto Raptors was T.J. Ford, and that is because a guy by the name of Jose Calderon took over a very nice season for Jose Calderon last year becoming the starting point guard in Toronto and surprising a lot of people. I mean, not many people saw him really becoming anything in his career. Of course, an undrafted player out of Spain. Uh, what a find by the Toronto Raptors, and congratulations to them on that find. Now, the Raptors hope that Jermaine O'Neal can pair up with Chris Bosh and form a very formidable front line, along with Andre Barganani, a guy I think so far is a bust. Now, Jermaine O'Neal, though, injuries absolutely an issue with this guy, along with declining play. Now, in the, his most recent career, his recent career, his last three years, he played only 51 games in 05-06, averaging 20 points, though, and 9.3 rebounds the next year. Slight decline in points, 19.4 points a game, 9.6 rebounds. Played 69 games, so... Oh, you know, there's an Iron Man right there. The minutes were 35 minutes a game both of those years. But last year, only 42 minutes, 42 games. His playing time diminished to 28 minutes a game, 28 and a half, though his points and rebounds declined drastically. 13.6 points a game, 6.7 rebounds. Um, still averaging about two blocks a game, though, so he's still that defensive force in the middle. But uh, Jermaine O'Neal, what? How much does he have left? That's the million-dollar question. He is, will turn 30 on October 13th. Jermaine O'Neal have injuries taking their toll on this guy. As we saw the same things happen with Chris Webber. Right about when he turned 30, he was not the same anymore. And that was quite a shame for them. Now, the draft, not much of a factor at all for these guys. As a couple of players, <laughs> Nathan Jawai, that's a <laughs> from Midland College. Definitely can't say I've heard of him. He was a, the 11th pick in the second round from Midland College. Mm -hmm. And then Rocco, there you go. Yeah, Rocco 
Ukic, know absolutely zip about him. Uh, he was from Croatia. He came from no college, and he was undrafted. Alrighty then. So maybe with this Toronto Raptors team, who knows? Maybe they'll get another find just like Jose Calderon. Uh, Nathan Joway is a 6'10 forward center, forward center, uh, because he's 280, so big dude, obviously. Uh, but the, uh, guard from Croatia, 6'5", 183, you know, obviously a swing, you know, a Pretty much a uh, small, a very thin shooting guard. That's pretty much what he is expected to be. Anthony Parker, still a nice veteran guard forward from Bradley. Nice, valuable guy. Chris Humphreys, right from here in Minnesota. Uh, got no playing time in Houston. Or Houston, I apologize. Utah to start out his career for the first couple of years. Houston. Ugh. But finally getting a little bit of more playing time. Only 13 minutes a game, though. 5.7 points, 3.7 rebounds a game. Both career highs last year. So there's your Minnesota connection, Chris Humphreys. Other than that, uh, well, this team, I, <laughs> I don't think they're going to be finishing in second place this year, mainly because the team we're about to get into the Philadelphia 76ers, I believe, are the second-best team in the division if their newest free agent can stay healthy this time, as he did not play a single – he didn't he didn't play a single second last year. Elton Brand. Elton Brand, in his ninth year, of course, from Duke, number one overall pick back in 1999, will try to join Samuel D'Alembert in the front line and try to play some good D – uh, that is the bit there in Philly. Elton Brand, they're hoping and praying and banging on that his injury situation is corrected and he'll be back and ready to play. Now, I'm wrong. I apologize. I forgot that Elton Brand played eight games last year. Oh, goody. But it was too little too late. The Clippers were already dead anyway, way dead. Uh, he averaged 17.6 points and eight rebounds a game. Not horrible numbers, of course, by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, you know, not as typical 20 to 23-ish and 10 rebounds a game. So we'll see what happens. Uh, if all goes well, phenomenal addition for the Philadelphia 76ers. As, uh, yeah, that'll definitely be a nice pair to go with Andre Miller and Samuel Dallenberg. And, of course, Andre Igudala, the uh, super athlete. Come, it's his, his fourth year in the league, or four years already in the league. This is his fifth year, I apologize. Um, they add Royal Ivy, interesting, Daniel Marshall, and Theo Ratliff and Kareem Rush to their team. So there's some interesting additions right there. Nothing superly exciting. Uh, only one rookie coming in, Maurice Spites, 16th pick overall in the first round, a forward center, six foot ten. From Florida, as I said, yeah, Florida. So, very established college career there. And uh, other than that, this looks like a very solid team. I'd have to say a very solid team. Definitely a lot of nice defensive players. Elton Brand and Samuel Dallenberg, good defensive players, of course. Andre Iguodala is a really athletic. And then, uh, you know, Andre Miller is a really solid guy. Iguodala is on his way to becoming a potential all-star here. And, of course, when you look at his uh, numbers the last three years, numbers continue to increase from 12.3, 18 18.2 to 19.9 points a game last year. Solid in both rebounds and assists, about five 
a game in each category. That is real cool. I love players like this guy. Absolutely love him. To go along with two steals a game, too. I love players like this. And not only that, he played 82 games two years ago, 76 games a year uh, a year ago, and then 82 games last year. So that is awesome stuff. Absolutely awesome. This guy, not only a all-around player, which, of course, is just the bomb, but he can stay healthy. Reggie Evans is a guy I've always liked because he can rebound the ball. And, I, I you know, you need players like that, the Wolves. For the longest time, this is the kind of guy I wanted them to go after. They never were able to pick him up, even though they tried. And News says they have tried. But, uh, yeah, he's a nice force for the Philadelphia 76ers off the bench. They are a very big team up front and very solid in the backcourt. Theo Ratliff, why he's still playing, I don't know. He's getting pretty old, and uh, he's had a lot of injury issues in his past. But, uh, well, to each his own, I guess, as now it's time to head to to head out east with the New, York, the New Jersey Nets and the New York Knicks. And, no, this is not the crossover, but uh, I'm going to pretend to be them, I guess. Well, maybe not. New Jersey Nets, Rusty's team, 34-48 and 48 last year, good for fourth place in the Atlantic Division, the Celtics Division, I might as well call it. Um. Well, they made a very interesting trade uh, in the offseason, acquiring Yijin Lin for Richard Jefferson. So, uh, yeah, I think the uh, Bucks won that trade. At least right now, I think they really won that trade pretty convincingly. Um, though the Nets did at least acquire Bobby Simmons as well. But Bobby Simmons' numbers... Declined year by year when you look at his last three years. A serious decline. Uh, two and a half years, three years ago, I guess you could call it. 16.4 points a game. The next year, 13.4. And then last year, only 7.6. So, uh, yeah, and of course, his minutes declined each year as well. Not sure what's going on with him. Just not working out. Daryl Armstrong is going to play again. He is 40 years old. He is going to stay on the New Jersey Nets. Uh, crazy stuff as they bring in three rookies, one of them a guy I really liked coming into the draft and was available to the Timberwolves in the second round, CDR, Chris Douglas Roberts, taken in the second round, 10th overall by the New Jersey Nets. That could be a really sneaky pick by the Nets. So congratulations to Rusty there. Ryan Anderson, undrafted rookie. We'll see what happens with him. He's a forward center, 6'10 guy from California. And, of course, Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez with the 10th overall pick. A member of the New Jersey Nets. A really solid pick. 10th pick, that is really nice to get him. Uh, they now have Stromile Swift. Sean Williams is a nice player. He's a nice player. He was a rookie last year, and he's looking pretty good so far. Uh, nothing great for, you know, his numbers don't really stand out, but you like what you saw in the small time he got to play. Uh, Josh Boone is the worst free-throw shooter in the league outside of Shaquille O'Neal. In fact, actually, he some corners might be worse, but overall, no. He's a nice developing player, though, when it comes to the points and rebounds. So he makes up for it there. Uh, 8.2 points, 7.3 rebounds from Connecticut, Josh Boone. They have the infamous Trenton Hassel, who I think is just a little... 
you know. <laughs> I won't even talk about him. There's no reason to. Devin Harris, a big addition. I like that move very much because Jason Kidd was getting older, and Devin Harris is an emerging star, I think, in this league. The former fifth pick by the Washington Wizards and ultimately was on the Dallas Mavericks for a while, uh, averaging 15.4 points and 6.5 rebounds with the Nets. But, uh, yeah, 14.4 and 5.3 assists with the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Before that, numbers started to increase a little bit with playing time. This guy is going to be a really nice player. The Nets stay younger, as that's been the focus. Of course, Eugene Lin a lot younger than... Richard Jefferson. So we'll see what happens. A big gamble there. Uh, we'll see if there's too many big guys up front because they, they can't all play. So that's definitely an issue there. Um, they have an ancient veteran, of course, as mentioned, Daryl Armstrong. So we'll see what happens there. Eduardo Naharaz on the team as well. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> it's pretty much about that. He's just a guy who used to annoy Kevin Garnett. That's pretty much about what he is. And now for the last place team in the Atlantic Division, the $100 million payroll, the New York Knicks, at least formerly $100 million. And, uh, well, nothing majorly exciting going on with them in terms of free agents as uh, or any type of trade, as they can't really do any. <laughs> uh, they Though I shouldn't say that. They did sign Chris Duhon. I for. Forgive me for that. Chris Duhon is a member of the New York Knicks. That is the major free agent. Uh, though, when you look, he's not that exciting. He's just another, I guess when you look at it, he's just another typical New York Knicks move. Somebody who's not that great, and yet, you know, there you go. Another player, you know, you got Jerome James. He's a wasted contract. He's just a problem. Stephon Marbury's just the worst ever. You know, he's the biggest pain in the butt in the league, just about. He's in the final year of a... Massive contract for good for $20 million this year. Thankfully, that is coming off the books for the New York Knicks. Congratulations to them in that. Jamal Crawford, right now, he's pretty close to the best player on the team. It's either him or Zach Randolph. And, of course, Zach Randolph is not a good chemistry guy at all. Other than that, it's kind of a bunch of guys that were signed for multiple years that aren't really that great, like Fred Jones, uh, Jared Jeffries. Eddie Curry, yikes, man. It's just one after the other. Jerome James, as I mentioned, probably the worst of all of them, or one of the worst, you know. Nate Robinson is a very athletic player. Malik Rose, eh. Quinton Richardson, that was a really bad contract. Horrible move by former, former, thank God, uh, president of basketball operations, Isaiah Thomas. He is finally not a member of the Knicks any longer, at least not a, an important member, he is demoted to like pretty much a, a janitor as uh, as G, the new GM Walsh was able to bring in Mike D'Antoni uh, why Mike D'Antoni would want to go from the Phoenix Suns to the New York Knicks, I have no idea, I guess he likes Quinton Richardson, no, I, I have no idea I really don't um, <laughs> I just I have no answer for that now, Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari is a New Yorker. So that's good news. The guy from Italia, no, Italy. That is their big rookie. And he was born. Uh, now, when I look at his birthday, that's pretty cool. 8888. 
So my brother would like him because he always liked to say 88 miles an hour because he thought it was uh, back to the future all the time. But uh, nice draft pick by the New York Knicks, getting Danilo Gallinari. I like that a lot, and he will be a really good fit for Mike D'Antoni, an athletic guy. And uh, their other rookie, their other rookie, listen to this name, Patrick Ewing Jr. I like that. I think that's cool. And the funny part is he kind of looks like him a little teeny bit. He also went to Georgetown like Patrick Ewing Sr. Yeah, a guy who wore number 33 in the Knicks. You may have heard of him. Second round pick by the Sacramento Kings, now a member of the Knicks. Cool. That's about, those are the two guys that are probably the most exciting. No, David Lee had a really nice year for the Knicks last year. Kind of, uh, kind of, sort of under the radar for some people where others are like, yeah. This guy continuing to get good, get better. The last two years, actually, he did very well. Averaging 10 rebounds a game two years ago. One rebound, or nine the last year. To about 10, 11 points a game each year. Uh, nice pick at the end of the first round by the Knicks back in 2005. Very good pick indeed. Um, but that's pretty much it when it comes to the New York Knicks at this point in time. Uh, they can pretty much only get better. 23-59 and 59 last year, just horrible. They were as bad as the Timberwolves, and they were at a pretty awful payroll situation that is slowly but surely starting to improve. So that is your Atlantic Division. That is your Atlantic Division uh, preview. Uh, to do the standings at this point in time, I predict the Boston Celtics to go in first place, of course, Philadelphia 76ers second, I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors third, the New Jersey Nets fourth, and the New York Knicks fifth. So the only switcheroo is Philadelphia and Toronto. That's it. Otherwise, I guess things are going to stay the same for the for now. The New York Knicks, long way to go. The Nets, you know, they're just not as good as Toronto or Philly. They're just not, and nobody's even close to Boston. So that is your Atlantic Division preview. And with that, we'll be right back. Here on the sportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on the sportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Now, the plug you just heard, or the commercial you just heard, was Brave the Wild. So, hockey fans, do check that out. As Minnesota Wild fans out there that may be listening to this show, there is a show for you as well. The uh, There's another show for you anyway, because I want you to keep listening to this one. But, yeah, that's for hockey fans as well. Do check it out. Brave the Wild, thesportstuff.com, and iTunes. Thank you for your listenership. But now we can finally talk about the Timberwolves, now that I got that breakdown done. That was a biggie, and it was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Jason Collins, the guy that the Timberwolves got in the trade, the Kevin Love trade, the O.J. Mayo, all that good stuff. Jason Collins. <laughs> now this is an article from the Star Tribune. Um, new Wolves, new Wolves, <laughs> new Wolves center Jason Collins is expected to miss 
eight weeks after undergoing surgery on a triceps tendon in his elbow on Monday in California. And uh, here we go, folks. He was injured in what a team spokesman called a freak accident that occurred when his golf cart skidded on wet ground and tipped over. Uh, now we have a little quotation here, or whatever. Uh, or not quotation, parentheses. An editorial comment here. Golf's a walking game anyway, especially for a fellow as young as Mr. Collins. Yeah, you might want to be walking, Mr. Collins. Uh, yeah, now you hurt your elbow and you're going to miss eight weeks. You know, that's just not very good, you know? I can't believe this guy. <laughs> All right, sorry. <clears throat> if he's sidelined for exactly eight weeks, Collins, acquired from Memphis in the draft night, Love for O.J. Mayo deal would miss all of training camp and the regular season's first week. Ah, you know, isn't it just right? Isn't it just the way the Timberwolves roll? You know, there's always something. There's Isaiah Riders, there's frozen pipes. There's just, uh, I can't take it. You know, there's just too many things. All of Leitner's antics. Uh, Rashad McCants is a new one. <laughs> Cassell and Spreewell not showing up for team meetings. Oh, boy. Well, it's not like this guy is the biggest idiot, but that doesn't look good for him so far. And uh, overall, though, you feel bad for him at the same time and wish him a speedy recovery. Here's some good news, though. Here's some good news. Meanwhile, Craig Smith is supposed to be healthy enough to begin practicing with teammates starting on Monday. He underwent knee surgery August 1st after injuring his knee in one Las Vegas Summer League game. The one summer league, summer league game he played after signing a new two-year, $4.8 million deal. So, alrighty. Now, new forward Rodney Carney is still nursing a hamstring injury that caused him to miss the Vegas Summer League games after the Wolves acquired him from Philadelphia. So that sucks. That really sucks. Final bit here. Love says he is fully healed from a sore Achilles tendon that caused him to miss the Wolves' final summer league game in July and also prevented him from practicing with the U.S. Olympic team after he was one of 12 young NBA players selected for that opportunity. Um, yeah, so Kevin Love is healthy. Good news there. That is the main thing, the most important thing. Uh, one other little quick news, I guess. It's Kevin Love is on the cover of NCAA Basketball 09, wearing his UCLA jersey, Xbox 360 game. We're happy for him. Let's just hope there's no curse on that. That's the last thing we need. So <laughs> that's where things stand with that story. There's another intriguing little bit here, a little blurb that came out just today. It's not necessarily good news or bad, but, it, you know, it's cool. I think it's cool. Uh, according to Yahoo Sports, Adrian Wojnarski this article is Livingston Workouts Attracting Interest. Now, this is free agent guard Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston, the former Clipper, uh, he's fighting back from a devastating knee injury, had private workouts with the Portland Trailblazers and Minnesota Timberwolves in the past 48 hours, and league sources expect him to sign with one of three teams next week. Alrighty then. Livingston worked out in Portland Friday, and two league sources believed that the Blazers are the favorites to sign Los Angeles Clippers guard the ex-Los Angeles Clippers guard. Oh, goody. Well, they already have Jared Bayless. Come on. Come on now. Share the wealth, guys. Share the wealth. <laughs> Still, it is unclear whether Portland general manager Kevin Pritchard has been convinced enough to add yet another guaranteed contract to his roster. 
Now the Wolves come in here. Minnesota executives Jim Stack, Fred Hoiberg, and Coach Randy Whitman traveled to Chicago on Thursday to watch Livingston at Tim Grover's Attack Athletes Facility. The Wolves sources said were sold on the workout and want to sign him. Good, good, good. Ah, that means he is healthy and ready to rock and roll. I would love to have him. Uh, the Miami Heat are also still in strong contention for Livingston. A six-foot-seven point guard, Livingston, is planning to work out for Heat President Pat Riley early this week in Miami. Hey, you know, there's talk about the Wolves need a third point guard. I would be for it, absolutely. Uh, Sean Livingston, now this is not the article, of course, this is me. <laughs> he was he was the fourth overall pick in the 2004 draft by the crappy Clippers. And, uh, well, his numbers are kind of, yeah, they're okay. Nothing spectacular. His, uh, he's played three years, of course, in the league. In his rookie year, he played only 30 games, averaged 7.4 points, 5 assists. Not bad, not bad for a rookie. Uh, 61 games his second year, 5.8 points, 4.5 assists, less playing time there. And then uh, last year, well, not last year, no, no. <laughs> Two years ago, 206-07, this was the year he got injured, of course, 9.3 points, 5.1 assists, improving greatly. Him and Sam Cassell were playing together at that point in time. Um, and now he's been out ever since. Uh, I would, I would, I would do it if I were the Wolves. You get a third point guard in the mix. Why not? And a guy who's six seven, he could kind of be a third guard, you know? He could be one of the instant offense off the bench type of guys who's also capable of getting some assists and, now well, he's big enough to at least maybe provide some type of defensive presence. One knock go on him that I'm seeing right here, playing his day, is, uh, well, for one, he d- he doesn't even shoot three-pointers, at least not in his rookie year. What's up with that? He pretty much doesn't shoot threes at all. So a career 23% three-point shooter and a career 71% free throw shooter. So, hmm, not liking that too much. But, hey, it's your third guard. As his field goal percentage went all the way up to 46% in his third year in the league. So that's the good part of Sean Livingston. So you got the good and the bad, and yeah, it's not exactly like you're bringing in, bringing him in here to be a superstar. You're just bringing him in for the third point guard, and if you get lucky, you get lucky. We will see what happens with that. And thus, we're coming to a close of this segment. We will return right after this announcement to get into the poll results from last show and start our new poll. What's up, listeners? This is Farzine. I am the host of the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportstuff.com where we cover the Kansas City Chiefs, give our opinions, and go deep inside with the Kansas City Chiefs right here only on thesportstuff.com. We encourage you Chiefs fans, you loud Chiefs fans out there, to get on the show, voice your opinions, get on our boards, and talk with us. All listeners, including Bronco fans, are allowed in our show. So be sure you check out the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportsstuff.com with me, your host, Farzine. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. It is time, it is time for our polls here on thesportstuff.com. Now, of course, I do encourage you to sign up here on the message boards. Again, that way you can get involved, as that is the slogan here on thesportstuff.com. Don't just watch sports, get involved. But that way you can get involved with this show, this rising new show here in, well, (laughs) 
I'm from Minnesota. The site is from, uh, well, California with executive producer Dylan Richardson. Now, go to the podcast section on the boards and then Timberwolves Explosion. You'll be able to click on that link and you'll see all our polls. Be sure to vote and don't be afraid to comment as well as I will read your comments on air. If you do not like it to be read on air, just simply type, do not read this on air. Simple, right? Now, the quick question is, or the poll question from the last show is, what do you think of the new Wolves uniforms? Four selections, four choices, that is, are really cool, nice improvement, not bad, not great, I guess I'll take it, eh, slight disappointment, and four horrible. What were they thinking? So, uh, here we go. Really cool, nice improvement, 20%. Not bad, not great, I guess I'll take it, 20%. Eh, slight disappointment, 30%. Horrible, what were they thinking, 30% as well. I went with real cool, nice improvement, only because, for one, it's something new. The old jerseys were really getting boring. I didn't really care for them, and I really do like the new home uniforms, as it says wolves again. I think that's cool. Plus, I like the, uh, you know, I like the lining on the jerseys and all, and all the shorts. I think it looks cool. Um, they didn't go over the top, and uh, no, they do not look like the Minnesota Lynx. At least, they don't anymore. The original versions of them were spotted on the Internet, on Real GM. They looked like crap, and uh, thankfully they fixed it. As Well, the wording was smaller, basically, and it looked a lot like the Lynx then. The coloring was boring, and the picture did not really reveal the creativeness of the jersey. You didn't see the siding in the picture. So, yeah, it looked a lot like the Lynx at the time. So, yeah, that's where I stand. <clears throat> and, of course, you heard episode two with me and Marcus talking about it. He's not quite as high on them as I am. I'm not. I don't really love them, but they're okay. Now, the first comment here, Puppet Master, I must admit I like them. Remind me of Atlanta's recent upgrade. Cool. That's a cool, uh, I, I agree, not necessarily about Atlanta's upgrade. Is I wasn't too happy with Atlanta going blue. I like them as red and yellow. I personally would love them to bring back the old logo from the Dominique Wilkins era. I love that logo where it's kind of a circle with the hawk image in it. Oh, so cool. Bring back Dominique Wilkins. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, the other, the next guy, Belly Skater 2005. His comment is gay, gay, and gay. Well, alrighty. Apparently he hates them, and that's understandable. Not a problem there. Thank you for commenting. Rusty, Rusty, who's an administrator and the host of The Crossover. His comment is, nice poll, Joey. Good idea. Well, thank you, Rusty. And he says, okay, so now to answer the question. Honestly, okay, well, this is going to sound brutal. I think these jerseys are borderline disgusting. The team's new away strip is now what I'd call the worst in the league. See, that's Marcus's quote, too. He hates the road ones. Hates him. He gave him a straight-up F, and I understand. Uh, uh, the neckline of it makes it seem like the player is wearing two T-shirts under the jersey, and the lettering and font of Minnesota is too small. Yep, there you go. They could have had something good going with the new font because by itself I like it, but on the jersey it's just far too small. I will give a tiny bit of credit where it's due, though. The new lettering is still an improvement over the older jersey with all of those sharp edges. Yeah, I did not like the old jersey. Uh, the font was boring and repetitive, and, yeah, the wording was small on those as well. Good comment, Rusty. Love it very much. Thank you for your participation, as always. Red Sten, moderator of San Antonio Spurs. Welcome back again, Red Sten. Uh, 
I'm seeing the new picks with Miller and Jefferson. I'm not so disappointed, but or with it, but still a letdown. They really could have done better. I think they put too much on around the neck. That just doesn't work well, but some of it is good. Yeah, it seems like that's a that's a observation that's coming to the front here. Is uh, yeah, the neck part. Mm, yeah, they probably did a little too much there. Good quote, Redston. Thank you always. Um, I responded here. I said honestly, I, I honestly think the unis are fine. They were much worse a few weeks before the unveiling, as the Minnesota part was much smaller and looked almost completely identical to the Minnesota Lynx, which is not a good sign. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much where things stand on the uniform talk. Uh, lots of debate there. Mm, you know, that's just the way it's going to have to be at this point in time. And uh, the newest poll, though, as we close this show, uh, who needs to step it up most or the most this coming season? Five choices, Randy Foy, Corey Brewer, Craig Smith, Rashad McCants, or Sebastian Telfair. Now, any of those five, at least the first four especially, I think are very strong candidates, and I wouldn't blame you with any of those. Telfair, I'm not sure how much more he's going to improve, so we'll see. My choice is Randy Foy, and, uh, yeah. Randy Foy is a guy I was fairly hard on most of last season, partially because I think this guy has the potential to be a very, very good player. And, hey, if this guy does step it up, he has the most potential, yes, as I said, to become a star, and that would make the biggest difference for this team coming into the season. Randy Foy steps it up and averages, oh, 16, 17 points a game and uh, six assists. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice if he could actually get six or so assists a game? This team is a playoff team in my opinion. Believe it or not, this team could be fighting for the playoffs and maybe even get in, you know, and actually, you know, maybe scare somebody a teeny bit in the first round. Because you do have Mike Miller. You have Al Jefferson. You have Kevin Love, who I've said before could be a Tom Gugliotta-type player. There is depth and there is talent on this team. Corey Brewer steps up. Well, that would be nice. I mean, I don't think he could be much worse. He had a horrible rookie season. Craig Smith, well, I'm not sure how much better he's going to get. I'm not sure where his ceiling is. Rashad McCants, I don't know, man. That guy drives me insane. Uh, his shot selection needs to improve. Uh, Telfair is Telfair. So Telfair is a nice ball handler, a terrible shooter, and a mediocre at best finisher. So uh, that's pretty much where things are with those guys. Go get them, Randy Foy. Step it up. Don't make me rip you again this year. So that is going to conclude Timberwolves Explosion episode number three. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you very soon. The next show will include the Central Division breakdown in the Eastern Conference, the Central Division breakdown. So that includes Detroit, Cleveland, Indiana, Chicago, and Milwaukee. So that will be the next show, and, of course, there will be probably more Wolves news then, some more rumors. Maybe we'll have Sean Livingston. We shall see, and we'll talk to you then. Take care, and good luck.